This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Good evening, everyone. Thanks for joining the Tahanback podcast for another thrilling episode, I hope. Proudly sponsored by Six Yards Out and Pearson's Bar in the Hull. And today uh, I'm hosting again Nathaniel Witto, and I'm joined by Sky Sports' uh, very own uh, Matt Foster. So how are you doing, Matt? Yeah, thanks for having me, Nathaniel. Yeah, no, it's good to, good to be here talking. Uh, I'm always very neutral at work, but it's good to be talking uh, a few things City, mate. Thanks for having us. Well, it's a, it's a delight to have you. Um, hopefully, we're going to be joined by Tom and Ant later, but we'll just have to see how that goes. But uh, so, I mean, it's a very good time to be a Hull City fan. Um, I've been doing some previews with opposition fans, and I've asked them, "How is it to be a Blackburn Rovers fan, a Birmingham fan?" And I'm um, going to ask you the same question, but about Hull. I mean, I'm sure we already know the answer, but just how how good is it to be a Hull fan after the two good results we've had? Oh yeah, they've been great results. Uh, the Blackpool one, I think you kind of expected it really only because they had so many injuries and people out and you saw them as quite a um on paper an easier tie than you would most away games uh, and of course we got the result on uh, on the back of well what was a screamer from doc and um and we seemed to dominate the game they had a few chances but we seemed to do very very well and then i was at rotherham um on saturday and there's a real buzz about the place it's always a packed stand um, at Rotherham, two and a half thousand fans around about that there. And um, yeah, from the first whistle, we were dominant. Um, we were very unlucky to go in at half time, one, one apiece because we dominated the first half. Um, but in the second half, just a real sort of pleasure to watch some of the some of the football we played was excellent. So it is great to be a City fan right now in this moment. Um, there's still plenty of things to be 
considered in terms of the managerial position, um, but certainly as a as a fan walking into work on a um, certainly on this Monday uh, morning, it was an absolute pleasure because everyone knew that I'd um, that I'm, I, everyone knows at Sky that I'm a City fan. Uh, certainly make that loud and proud, and uh, yeah, I strutted into work on Monday. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Um, I mean, as you mentioned, uh, you do work with Sky Sports. So for the listeners, do you want to just give them a little picture of what it is you do there? Yes. So I'm an assistant producer and I'm on like the news desk of Sky Sports News, um, specifically a lot of the organisational side of things, um, sort of like Premier League access, speaking to um, sort of ex-players, pundits, making sure um, that they know what they're talking about. Um, but a lot of it is a lot of sort of Premier League press officers getting all the access for Sky Sports News, press conferences, um, various one-on-ones. And then throughout the, there's little there's little pockets that I'm allowed to produce at games. So um, I was pitch side producing the playoff final recently with Huddersfield and Nottingham Forest. Um, I've done the Carabao Cup final with um, sort of like Jamie Carragher and others from Sky Sports and our sort of Sky Sports News production, um, produced the Super League Grand Final for Sky Sports News and had a bespoke show at Old Trafford. So it gives me opportunities to do that. And it also gives me a few opportunities to speak to City players. Like um, we, I did a feature on the Jimmy Bullard uh, celebration at Christmas. So I sort of did interviews with uh, Michael Turner, uh, Paul McShane, um, Dean Windass um, and Phil Brown and a few others as well. And um, spoke to Jacob Greaves around about a year ago when he was kind of coming through. And uh, yeah, it just gives me a lot of opportunities. So that's kind of in the nutshell what I do. Um, and yeah, it's but it's good because I, I do a lot of EFL content, which I really do enjoy. Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. But of course, you've, you've reached the, the pinnacle of, um, you know, football media now uh, on the <laughs> podcast. And we'll just bring in Tom. How are you doing, Tom? Hi, guys. How are you Aren't doing? City great at the moment. Hi, Tom. Yeah. How are you doing? You all right? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, we're great. Ryan Longwood's great as well. Yes, yes, he is. See that—that that was that was unprovoked. I, you know, I, I haven't scripted that. You just said that. Um, yeah, exactly. You know, I just so. much you love Longman, but you know, he's turning up these you know past few games. Hmm. So we haven't really talked much. Um, we have mentioned the Blackpool win. So, uh, and I'll, I'll offer the the first major question that I've got because um, I, I mean, I don't know whether you agree with this, Tom, but. Before the Blackpool game, I wasn't very happy with you know City's results. Previously, we'd lost seven out of eight, and then that lineup came out where I think it's six players or maybe five um, were out of position. So, just how surprised were you at that lineup before yeah, the Blackpool I mean, game? I think I I was to be honest, I put a tweet before the game, you know, mistakenly saying I was sort of uh, criticizing the lineup, saying I, I didn't I didn't agree with it, but then when we came through that victory. Uh, that game and we came out of it with a win I thought and the way we performed as well I thought yeah I was like I literally put out a tweet straight away saying look hold my hands up Dawson got it right that night so you know it was one of them where like you look at the line and you think this is never going to work having mm. Ockerty and Slater as wingers um, you know Woods and Seri midfield you think uh, they're just never going to get bullied you know like a midfield two that we've seen this season you know we've seen midfield twos this season of Seri and Tufan it's not worked but you've got Woods in there mm-hmm. now and he's doing well, and Logman up front essentially, and then obviously Pelcast, them, them, lot, them two interchanging a bit. It's like didn't expect it to work, but it did. So, and then yeah. Well, you've got to be more sensible with your tweets before the match because I put one out saying, "Well, I don't know about that, but if it works, then you know that's fine." Yeah, yeah. And, and then it did, so I, I look very clever now. Um, so <laughs> would you would you agree with that, Matt? Uh, were you surprised at the lineup? Yeah, when I looked at it. 
exactly what Tom said there. You think about you going away from home. It was that classic formation and player where you just looked to them and thought quite a few have been rested. But you saw on the pitch that there was practically nine defensive players and then sort of Pelkass and, and Longman up front. And you mm-hmm. kind of thought, all right, here we go again. We're going to sit deep and then we're going to concede a goal at the back post again, which did actually happen. Yeah, we did. Um, but, we know, you know, the the boys proved us wrong, really. I think it proved a lot of the fans wrong. Um, and, of course, he stuck with the same um, formation at Rotherham. And I know we'll get into sort of looking at that game a little bit later on. But, you know, to be fair to, to Andy Dawson, um, you know, he sees the players week in, uh, week out. He's been part of that setup for a long time, not particularly in that position, but um, clearly some things worked. Um, obviously, a lot has been said in the in the dressing room. I think uh, Cyrus Christie came out and said there was a lot of honest words in the changing room that happened. Um, I think it was after the Birmingham defeat. Um, yeah. And we looked a lot more resolute against Blackpool, um, a lot more just sort of knew what we were doing in a way. Um, there was an actual clear idea um, and that was taken into the Rotherham game. But I was surprised, but as I say, very happy to be proven wrong. Yeah, I mean, um, I was delighted to see uh, Longman start, of course, because, um, of course, I would be. He's my favourite player. Um, but, yeah, I, I wasn't really sure that was going to work. Uh, and it was it was interesting to see Doherty was playing on the right wing almost, although it seemed that maybe some of those players... Um, I mean, I understand Seri's a deep player, but then Woods, Doherty and Slater also playing, having four midfielders, you can sort of switch them around um, almost. And it's interesting to see Slater was playing as a sort of attacking midfielder officially, even though we've thought of him as a more defensive player. So I definitely think that's the midfield, not trio, but quartet really to to go forward with. Um, and it was good to see that it was more of a, a four at the back rather than a five at the back with just those two attacking players um, throw up the pitch. So um, also, this is another question, which I think I know the answer to, because um, I thought we were really good, uh, good on uh, against Blackpool. But um, that seems to have been the first game we've won this season where we actually deserve to win. I think, well, or maybe not. Uh, I think we deserve to beat Wigan. I think the first three under Schotter um, were you know, very shaky. We definitely could have lost the games against Coventry and Norwich late on. So, uh, uh, Tom, do you, do you agree that we're not only are we getting good results with Dawson, but we're just playing better as well? I think, you know, the performances are translating to results. And what we saw on the shot was that at the start of the season, like you say, we saw the performance levels weren't as high as they should be. And um, the one and a half energy levels, I think, was close to the bottom of the division for presses per night and, uh, you know, them shots on target as well. I think in Oscar's Oscar's first seven goals came from I think about fourteen shots on target or some something ridiculous. You know, he was he was scoring one of his two shots on target, barely getting any service. Um, I mean, I remember the Norwich game; we could have been three goals down in the first fifteen minutes. Um, mm-hmm. They got him behind, so it was so easy. But then, um, you know, Dawson's come in, and credit to him, you know, we've, we've our, our performance levels have increased, like, um, and now he's obviously got a system working. You know, and the players are sort of buying into it, and it's great to see. I mean, Greg Dockett has come out of the shadows this um, in the past six games, and he's, he's deserved this chance. And we all we always crying out for Dockett to come in for his energy, the way he drives forward is positive, and that's exactly what he's done. And he's, he's playing like a sort of makeshift position, but it's working as his Slater as well. Um, and obviously Cyrus Christie, you know, he's been a revelation past few weeks as well. Just the way he drives forward, and um, that third goal, you know. Such a well taken goal for a wing back, but it's that sort of quality that you need and, and what we've been missing, really. 
Yeah, I think Dawson's made some kind of very difficult decisions, really, with with that uh, with the lineup against Blackpool, and then also again, even though we'd won the game, I, I still think it was quite bold that um, certain players like Kyle, I know, is injured, but I mean he's the club captain. But then Christie's come in; he's an Ireland international, um, you know. So I think he, he he probably does have better quality than Coyle, but uh, really I think he's made a lot of uh, tough decisions and dropping. I mean, one of the questions I got here: how how should we incorporate or sh- or should we incorporate um, players like Oscar, Tufan, and, and Cynic? These sort of more marquee signings um, on big wages. Do we do we think that there's a way to play as well as we have been doing? Um, you know, with that foundation, especially of Seri and uh, Woods in midfield and add these more attacking players in? Or do we think that it's best to just stick with what's worked in these two games? I'll just I mean, throw that to anyone. I'll, I'll pick that up in the sense that I think that these last two games we played Blackpool and Rotherham and no disservice to those two sides, but um, they're not the best quality in the division. Well, that's said, disservice like, to those signs. Yeah, of course saying. it is. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. But I think that if you look at their squads on paper um, and you think about the quality that we do have in terms of um, personnel in our squad, look, we, we're going we're gonna to look good against these teams. Um, and I think that with both games, when you've practically got well, pretty much four central midfielders um, playing in midfield, it can go either one of two ways. It can be negative in the sense that you have nobody that can really sort of penetrate from the wing and do anything from that side, or you can control the game like we've done, well, mainly against Rotherham because uh, having seen the full match. Um, but that's that's what it was. We, we completely, completely dominated that midfield. And that's what won us the game. Seri was immaculate. And ultimately, I believe Seri is our best player. And if you can get the best out of him, which he did show on Saturday, then we've got a really good formula going. In terms of actually bringing those three, you bring you talk about there in Oscar, um, Tufan, um, and who is the um, it's, it's Snake, isn't it? The 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 winger. Um, I personally just think that there's no point in bringing a, those players in just because of the big wages, just because of what they've come in for. You know, Oscar's shown that he's well, he's got eight goals so far, but. In reality, if you if you bring in out a striker who scored two goals in the last two games, why would you why would you change a winning system? It's it's the classic cliche in football, you know why change why change a winning squad? And, and that's what Dawson is doing. Um, I still think he will make changes because um, Blackburn are a different different side, um, a, a lot better tactically, um, work a lot harder than uh, Rotherham and Blackpool. I haven't seen the sort of stats. Um, so I think he will make changes, but in terms of bringing them in, I don't think there's much of a much of a need for it when you when you're winning games. Yeah, I think what what I want to say is you know them two sort of sides that we played there, Blackpool Rotherham are going to be near the bottom. I think we know that they're going to be struggling towards the lower end of the table, and we've we've you know sort of dominated in them games. But now what I've said is the real acid test now on Saturday is, is the Blackburn game. Can we go into that game and can we inject that impetus that we've seen in the last two games on a a side that's battling at the top of the division. Look, this division's wide open this season, and we know Blackpool are sort not Blackpool, Blackburn are a possession-based side. They're going to have a lot of the ball. Can we adapt now, and can we sort of play on the counter-attack? And that's where you might see the likes of Cynic come into the squad late on in the game, um, in behind, and like Oscar as well. I think I think in this the game against Blackburn, we need to make it stick more. I think if, if we're not going to have a lot of the ball, when we do get it, we need to make it stick up front, and that's where Oscar could come into things, because he's, he's great at holding the ball up and linking. 
Whereas that's not really a strong part of Lugman's game, I'd say. So I think I he's going to stay with us. He's going to you know keep with the same side. But it's great that we've got quality coming off the bench. You know, you've got the likes of two fun that you can bring on. You know, obviously Cynic and Oscar, and they're sort of three quality attacking players that you know you know going to scare back. Then you know when you bring them off. But I think yeah, like you said, you can't change a winning side. Um, regardless of the opponent coming up, I think what we've got going on is is good. So I think yeah, you've got to keep it. Mm. Yeah, just just walking home today, I was thinking: Are there any changes to the lineup that would be justified? I think maybe the only the, the only area of the team that would need changing is perhaps the defence, because even though we have won the last two, we've still not kept a clean sheet. Um, we've looked a, a little bit shaky against Rotherham; we conceded two. Um, so, uh, I mean, we dominated the game, but especially against a, a quality team in Blackburn with Barrett and Diaz. Um, the defence is still something that worries me, but maybe the only thing I could think of is have Greaves back to centre-back, maybe bring Brendan Fleming in. Um, but I think certainly one positive, as, as you said, we've got these quality players coming off the bench. It does seem that even though there are still some long-term injuries, our squad's getting a, a, a bit deeper. And we've got um, Tavi Vale and um, Salah Ulad Mahand um, back. We'll just call him Salah. Um, thanks, Mass. Uh, so, you know, hopefully those um, options, uh, you know, will improve the team um, as well. So, I mean, are, are there any changes um, to the lineup that uh, you think we should make, Matt? Or, should, I mean, you just said don't change your winning system. <laughs> well, uh, to, be, to be honest, what I think when you th- look at Blackburn's, the way that they play, they actually play sort of Brereton Diaz and Sam Gallagher as kind of like um, more like wingers. Like wide, mm. like wide, sort of like left forward, right forward, rather than down the middle, and they kind of have like a, a centre forward. It's kind of like a, a, a you know a poor man's Liverpool in terms of those front three, are like just interchangeable. Mm. So I think actually, if you keep the the four at the back, and I actually think that Greaves would be better off against Sam Gallagher or Brereton Diaz, whichever side they're on, and Cyrus Christie as well, than I think a Brandon Fleming would, in the sense mm-hmm. that Brandon Fleming's more uh, he's more of an attacking full-back Greaves naturally is accustomed to being more central. I think that with him, he's more he's more likely to cope with Brereton Diaz with his movements and his clever play than I think Fleming is. Um, and yeah, I, think I, that I think we'd become unstuck if, if Fleming was there. So I think that sort of centre-back is actually is, is a good is a good thing to have, um, i.e. Greaves at left-back playing as, as a centre-back in, in that sort of system. Um, so I actually wouldn't change that. For Blackburn, um, but what I think will happen is that you can just see them dominating the ball anyway. Despite our midfield, we're going to be you know without the ball an awful lot. And what I think will happen is we'll lack that real attacking threat. I think that they'll basically try to eliminate Pelcast as much as they possibly can, and then we'll get to a point where it's stale. They may have scored one, and then the crowd are a bit bit edgy. And then it gives the license to bring on Oscar and, and Tufan and really, really throw it at Blackburn and really try and mix up um, our system because they'll be expecting this four-man midfield um, and training for that. So we've got a license to move about, but I wouldn't, I would not change that back four personally. Uh, I can understand why you'd maybe bring Fleming, in, but from my opinion, playing Blackburn, I wouldn't. Tom, I don't know if you agree on that one, mate. I, I agree with I agree with that. I think you've got to have the height in there as well and the physicality as well. What you've mentioned there, I think. Greaves has shown that his defensive capabilities um, in the past two games as a, as a left back, and even he's even been driving forward as well. Um, and the cross that, that he put in for Yeah, the cross that Beautiful. cross as well. 
Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, he's, he showed, he even showed last season, um, he's able to drive forward even from centre-backs. So I think I'm not worried having him at left-back because he's good on the ball. So I'd keep it the same, to be fair. Yeah, I think it would be... Um... Uh, it would be odd, um, especially after a week's rest. Um, we win these two games, and he doesn't change the lineup for the second one. Um, we, you know, play even better against Rotherham. We, we dominate the ball, which um, is something that we um, under Shotter, especially when we had a lot of the possession against, I think Luton and Stoke um, most prominently. Uh, we had a lot of the ball, and then we played pretty woefully. Didn't really do anything with it. Whereas now we've had two performances. Um, I think we've had more possession, but we seem to have dominated the game and played a lot more passes than the other teams. Um, so it seems that finally we're doing what I was hoping we were going to do before the start of the season. We've got players like Seri who are going to be able to control the game and we're actually doing well with the ball. So, But it certainly would be interesting against a better team where the Blackburn are going to um, have more of the possession, see how um, we deal with that. Uh, and hopefully our... Um, Away and home form haven't flipped because at home we've been okay, and away we're now pretty good again potentially. We, uh, since about um, well the League One season, but even then at home we'd never played as well. It's and unfortunately we've had great home form and great away form at, at times, and we've never seemed to really stick with that. So um, I mean the preview and um, the main thing I learned from that doing that yesterday with the Blackburn fan is that Blackburn are rubbish away from home. Um, so hopefully it's another game like that. Um, I feel like we've jumped ahead a bit. We're talking about the Blackburn game very early. So um just want to mention, um, I, I mean, of course, I'm going to mention Ryan Longman. He's been great the last two games. I think he's um, held the ball up quite well. I think maybe technically he's better than uh, Estepinian on, on the ball, maybe. Um, Estepinian's, of course, I think very much a penalty box striker. So um, just how, how nice is it to see especially after the chance at Huddersfield, um, you're not fit, fit to wear the shirt and that sort of thing. How nice is it to see Longman doing uh, better, Tom? Well, it's, it's great to see. I mean, I was I was appalled to be fair when I was hearing people chanting, you're not, not fit to wear the shirt. I mean, he's, he's, he's missed a one-on-one. He's got himself in the position in the first place. He's missed that and then fans are chanting that. I think it's, it's fickle. I mean, he's missed obviously two guilty chances, I think, in the previous game before. Um and it, it it's great to see that he's just fought back now, and you know he's he's defied the critics as well. I mean, with his performances, and I always knew there was a player in there. I mean, he's got the talent, and I think it, it takes that manager to sort of unlock that talent sometimes. And Dawson's he seems to be doing that. Um, you know, we, we knew how good he was for Wimbledon when he went on loan, and how he good how good he was for spells last season. He was scoring crucial goals for us. Um, it's just we want Longman to show that on like a consistent basis and perhaps now he's starting to do that so I hope he carries on with him performances I think throughout his City career he's never really had a settled position has he because he's kind of been playing in a lot of positions Um, he's an out and out striker that is his position that's what he's grown up on Um, but he's been playing sort of right played right wing back he's played left wing when we were with um, with Shotter under Grant McCann like he's he's, a lot of it was just all over the place. He never really had that consistent run of games. And whenever you're a striker and you're being forced to play in different positions, um, it can almost feel like a confidence knock because you're not deemed good enough to play up top on your own. And mm-hmm. he's actually, I mean, particularly the Rotherham game, watching it, he was very much, he, he was kind of like Shane Long when he used to play for us, where he was just, 
he was just making the defenders run into areas they didn't want to be in, which allowed mm-hmm. Pelkast to just work around a little bit and allowed that little bit more time for Seri and Doc and Woods to really get on the ball. So I think he, he was really effective in the Rotherham game particularly. And I agree with you both. The, the, the chance at Huddersfield were, were really poor and, 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 a, and a really bad reflection on what is a great fan base. Um, but I think that ultimately he did that interview with the whole Daily Mail and he kind of said, look, like, I understand I'm, I've had poor performances, but it's up to me to show what I can do. And, you know, it's it's a mark to him as a, as a man and as a player that he's, he's gone off the back of that and had an excellent game at Blackpool. Um, and obviously he then gets... He scored against Blackpool and then gets the goal against uh, Rotherham as as well. And he, he was he was excellent. And when when he came when he came off, um, I believe sort of sixtieth seventieth minute, we all you know standing ovation, mm-hmm. clapping him. So you know, a lot of what you, a lot of these, a lot of fans, we all get, we all care about football so much that we can we can turn like that with a player. But it's up to them to show that they've got that in them. And, and he's certainly done that. So very pleased for him, uh, both sort of professionally and personally, that he's managed to turn that form around. Yeah, well, it's nice to have some positive Ryan Longman content on the podcast because um, it's 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 been too long, really. Um, so uh, just one more little thing about the last two games, and then we can perhaps look forward and uh, look at the managerial situation. Is um, especially last season, I kept banging on every other episode. Um, we were so bad at scoring set pieces. Um, we were fantastic in League One. Um, I haven't actually got the stats up um, at the moment, but. Uh, Generally, I did some research into how many set pieces we've scored each season because I'm a massive nerd. And basically, um, last season was just shockingly below average. Usually we score at least 10 um, in a season last year. It was like five or six Um, in the Premier League. I think in the Premier League, we scored something ridiculous like 15, um, which is pretty much the same as we did um, when we got relegated we scored the same amount as we got promoted with in league one i don't know how that works but um we've scored against uh, wigan with a set piece um and um blackpool and um uh Rotherham. so just a nice thing that finally we seem to have found a way to score some set pieces so that's nice it's not really a question but just no, I, I think it's I, a good I, I always mention it yeah. no i think it's a good point i think one thing in that is that Greaves has got his first All City goal, and like I yes. remember interviewing him about a year ago, and I kind of asked him about the captaincy, the future captaincy, and what he wanted from his career. And it was when a lot of few clubs are sort of flirting in and around um, his position. Obviously, he hadn't signed that contract yet, um, and he just—I mean, in League One, me, and my old man, we were getting so annoyed about him having so many chances. I mean, we'd yeah. we'd, we'd be texting each other like when we're watching it on a stupid stream over COVID. And we just yeah. like, is Greavesy ever just going to be at the back post and just nod it in from three yards every time he'd missed? So I'm just glad that it was one of them pinball goals against Rotherham where it just, it, you just had to stick a leg out and he, and he got the goal. But, you know, I think it's, I think it's a good point. Um, but I, what I'd say, I think of all the things that we should be looking at there is, is the fact that he's got his first goal. Uh, and yeah. I can probably speak for a lot of Hull City fans who, who, who watched us. I mean, I spent 460 quid that season in League One, ten pound an EFL stream, right? And I saw him have so many chances. So when I was in the Rotherham end and he scored, um, I actually went down to the toilet to, as for half time, and I, we got that corner. And I was, uh, I, I was the, the fans above me were like trying to sort of, I just eased back in, and we were just down in the little tunnel bit, and we scored. Yeah. And I was with like about I think it was like 25, 30 lads like hugging these random blokes I've never met in my life because we all know Greaves has got a goal. So. That was a very good um, part. Was there some City fans in the Herman then? 
So I was I I was in the I was in the away end. Um, oh, was yeah. Yeah, I got, I got in the away end. Um, I, I I nearly didn't because <laughs> I was trying to get tickets, uh, but somehow I got them in the end. But yeah, just literally just just there. And when he scored, it was great. Um, but yeah, it was that was that's I think the a really really good takeaway um, in terms of set pieces that Greaves has finally got on the yeah, end. Yeah, because a few people and well, I don't really know, but a few people you just see at City, you see him putting. Every week you put see him putting ten pound on Greaves to yeah. score fifteen pound. Will on the podcast, he I think he put a ten ten pound on Greaves to score anytime. I think game. yeah on this yes. game, man, he won four hundred pounds to fair play. But I think there's people that do it every single week that like, they're putting ten pound on Greaves to score because obviously the new adventure was going to happen. But yeah, um, I'm going to say like 114 yeah. games. So you think try and work that one out? I mean, yeah. to be honest, 114 games that's You're putting fair to score forty quid. Really? You're not even breaking even if you've done it every single game, but yeah, yeah. It, it was it was good. Yeah, I'm I'm horrified. I I almost forgot because I mean it's been so long. But I'm just part of me. I mean, delighted for him to get his first goal and hopefully it's first of many because he is a big lad and um, hopefully he'll score several more from set pieces. But I just think you know it's taken him so long. Has he used up his one goal for for an goal away match at Rotherham? Yeah. Like, couldn't you save that for the World Cup final when Bowman crosses it in, you know, in a few years? In, oh, mate. what, America, is it? I, I don't know when the yeah, next Mexico, one is. But... Central America. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's, um, but he is, uh, you, you bring up a, a good point. He, he's an exceptional young talent. You can, he's got the mentality of someone that is has been in the game for, for so many years. He's, he's captain material. He does lead from the back. He's now playing a different position and doing it very astutely. Um, he typifies what a city player is in my eyes. Um, somebody who's adaptable, someone who works hard, and someone who just is a leader. Um, and we've yeah. lacked that for a long, long time. Um, he's 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 twenty. I think he's twenty two. You're yeah, gonna he's be twenty two. Twenty two. It does annoy me with that. He's twenty two, and I'm twenty four, and he's sort of <laughs> catching the city and scoring at Rotherham, and I'm yeah. cheering him, throwing, screaming like a four year old girl when he scores. You know, so. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's it is great to see, and um, yeah, I mean, even the, his role in the third goal as well, um, the sort of the yeah. run that he made, the great ball from Seri, and the ball across was was the perfect pass yeah, for Sadrach. It, it was it was one of them passes that, that, yeah, you, you're in the you're in. I was in the crowd, and you, I didn't even see Longman because you're watching this ball come across, and you're just desperate mm. for someone to be on the end of it. You, yeah. you can't, and and I mean the team the the goal itself was was amazing but that pass was for for a center back playing left back sprinting up the field playing up inch perfect pass to longman it, it's, it just said a lot about his quality yeah. um, and the fact that he signed a new five year deal is is, is, is amazing for us mm. yeah, yeah was, I've, uh, I've seen him come, I've seen him come under unfair stick this season i think i don't know if it's because um like you know premier league clubs have been linked and perhaps he's not performed to the level that we know he can perform to but I think, yeah, some people call him to be dropped, but I disagree with that. I think he is our best defender. Um, mm. And I think when you are conceding that many goals, it is easy to sort of scapegoat the defence. And that's what a few fans have done. But I think it's about the protection in front of the defence. We saw how good the defence was last season. And yeah. it's basically the same one. I mean, we've seen cries for Sean McLaughlin to come in. I, mean, I do agree with that. He does deserve his chance. But, you know, while we're performing like we are, I think it's best to... You know, keep up the same team, and I think yeah. that on the back of that, just to quickly mention that because we hold, we all hold Greaves in such high regard. I think that when he drops his performances slightly, it's like, oh, 
You know, he's not he's not as good as we once thought he was. But yeah. every every player has rough patches. Every 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 team concedes goals. I mean, you look at Liverpool. Van Dijk's the best centre half in the world, but they've looked average defensively yeah, this season. So I think that you, you know, every single defender has that, and it's the kind of um, flip flop fan I like to call them, where one game is oh we're amazing, the next game oh we need to change everything. It's like just. Give him time. He's 22. Well, that's me, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, some of that criticism would have been from me, I think, at some points this season, the whole team needed dropping, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah he's, he's been great. And um, it's a bit like, uh, I think, is it not Dan Byrne? Is it Webster? One, one of the Brighton left wing backs. He's um, massive. And yeah. I was literally thinking it reminds me of Dan Byrne, the way he plays. Yes. Like, they're, yeah. both, they're both not that agile, but... They're both great defenders, and that Dan Byrne's surprisingly decent as a left back. And that's mm. where I mean, he's plays for Newcastle now, but when he was at Brighton, he was playing as a left back for a while because they didn't have one to one there, so mm. yeah, they're doing all right. Yeah, but he's done a very good job, um, as the captain, you know, taking up that mantle and uh, you know, great assist on Saturday. So, uh, have, have we turned a corner? Because I mean, of course, before, um, the uh, this is the thing about periodization and when it comes to results um as a, as a historian i can use that term uh or a budding undergraduate historian uh so at the moment it's three out of five wins but of course a few games ago it was seven out of eight defeats and um, so we you know, get rid of those bad results before the wins but uh i mean that's three out of five wins is you know uh kind of mid-table form uh ha- have we turned a corner um, and you know over the last five games well we have a think, yeah but i think it's important to sort of keep level-headed because we know at the start of the season we're getting we're into getting, into the playoffs yeah. and literally <laughs> was all at the start of the season we're all getting really excited but mm. the, the reason that we was getting excited but wasn't really looking like analyze or analyzing the performances itself was getting the results i mean mm. the way we beat bristol city first game was through a deflected 90th minute goal i mean you have to get these slices alone. outside of the um box yeah. world do you mean yeah, yeah, but you have to have you do have to have them slice of luck sometimes. But when you when you want sustainable, and then when we started losing games, we knew that our performance levels with that drop drop that low that we was unable to you know even win through slices of luck because we weren't even creating the chances to get the luck anyway. But now you know past two games, you know, been very impressive. Um, it's been it caught sort of caught a lot of people, including myself, by surprise to be honest how well we've played because it's been a long time coming, but. Um, I think it's just, yeah, I, I do. We have, te- we've definitely turned a corner, yeah. And with how wide open the division is and the quality they've got in the squad, why can't we push towards the playoffs? Like, mm-hmm. that's what I, you know, what were five points off the playoffs, six points? Six points. Millwall are sixth with 26, I think. Yeah. Before, obviously, before yeah, that, it was like five points, but now we're like nine points off the top, I think, as well. Something like that, eight points. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, oh, it's we're going to win the league. I like the optimism. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wish, but, you know. Hmm. So, do you think we've turned the corner, Matt? Yeah, I'm assuming yeah. yes. Well, I think, to be honest, I think naturally when you look at the results, yes. I think that there seems to be a real um, a feeling amongst the players that there is something good here. Um, but it's a period of uncertainty, lads, because we've not got a manager. So, it's it's yeah. very... 
for me, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say we've kind of turned the corner because we're not even through the corner, if that makes sense. Because we're for going me, down the bend. Yeah, yeah we, we we are, and I think that obviously we'll we'll get on to the, the managerial appointment shortly. But I think that oh, I mean the two results have been amazing. But I think Tommy make a good point that the the form at the start of the season wasn't necessarily because we played well. We just got just got results and scored last minute goals and I think that if you were taking it from a non-Hull City perspective I mean I was the first one to say we're going to win the league when I went into work um, yeah, and I say everyone knew but then quickly you start to realise that you know the team itself wasn't particularly gelled It's the formation wasn't right um, and then you've got this particular one that we've got now with the four in midfield but I think that if any new manager comes in they're going to probably change that I very much doubt that, say, if it's Liam Rossini coming in, he's going to look at the last couple of games and think we're going to play that way because that's not what any new manager does. They, they play the way they think that we're going to win games. So I think that I'd love to say that the last two results of, is us turning a corner and we're going to fly out the league. Of course I would. We're naturally, as a City fan, of course I would. But I think that what we what we do is we use Blackburn as a staple because the reality is if we want to be pushing up that top end of the table... Black, but the teams like Blackburn are the teams we're going to have to play well against and potentially yeah. get a win at home or draw and play well. If we get stuffed at Blackburn, it's kind of a reality check in the sense that we've played two poor teams, one, but it's because we've got quality players in midfield. I think that Blackburn's a real testament as to where we actually are as a team. Um, so hopefully we get three points there. If we get three points there, we're winning the league. But if not, yeah. if not well, then I don't know. I do agree with pretty much everything you said, but also that's really negative. I think you've got to believe in Dawson and, and the you know the process will be totally fine. Um, that sky so, neutrality fogging my yeah, mind. I see, that's I see. Right. Um, so, of course, you mentioned we haven't got a manager um, recently. It's not any major news, but it seems all the more likely that Liam Rossini, a former City player and um, his grandma, uh, grandmother's from Hull, right? Um, yes, well, uh, he seems to be the player that's going to be, or the um, manager that's going to be uh, appointed by Adjun. So, what do we think about that? Um, is that a, a sensible appointment? Because uh, he sort of um, he doesn't really have managerial experience in the Championship, but he knows the club, and, and that's very important. Um, but then, of course, he's not. Um, even though he doesn't have managerial experience here, he's not like um, Pedro Martins, who's never been to England before. To, to manage um so tom how how happy would you be with that appointment um i'm pretty happy i think you need that stability um when you're halfway through a season well close to halfway you need that you need someone to come into the football club that sort of knows the the background knows the fans you know um and it's obviously played for the club before i mean i think what, what I, the point i raised before was if Liam, if Liam Rossini hadn't played for City, we'd all be saying it's not a good appointment. But I think because he's played for City, it's, it sort of changes your your opinion of mm-hmm. the appointment. I mean, the job he did at Derby was good and he was perhaps unfortunate to, to not be there full-time. I mean, Paul Ward's come in and you've seen Derby fans say that, you know, they was playing better under Rossini, so that sort of fills you with a bit of hurt. But mm-hmm. ultimately, the, the man, Rossini doesn't have the experience at championship level but like Dawson, he's got the playing experience and sometimes, you know, young managers do deserve that opportunity and perhaps Rossini could come here um, and, you know, do a good job. I mean, um, I think he's someone, when I listened to Rossini, even before he got into management, 
it was a it was a pun that I enjoyed listening to mm-hmm. because he knew his stuff about football. I think he used to be on the the AFL show before, and he used to make some, raise some great points. And um, I think he's, unlike Shotter, when when he was here, he was I, I couldn't listen to Shotter. Like I don't think I ever sat through a interview with Shotter. He was just so uninspiring. But I think Liam Racine is opposite. I think he can, he can inspire the dressing room, and I think he has he, the way he wants his team to play. I think is the right way. I mean, and I think he can come in and make a difference. So. Hopefully that's how it pans out. Should he be the man that takes the job? Yeah, I mean, I'll 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 jump on that and 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 agree to some extent. I think that basic. I mean, having worked at Sky for for three or so years now, I came across Liam when he was a pundit for us and spoke to him quite a few times. And when it comes to him as a as a footballing man, a very very sort of intelligent um, yeah. person, really really switched on, knew his football at the back of his hand. Um, spoke speaking to ex-players, uh, they all said that Liam was the first one they'd picked for them to be for a future managerial job. I think at Derby, it's, it's it's never easy when you're a young coach and you're sort of part of the coaching setup and you're pushed into that role of um, of manager because you're playing with. I mean, a lot of the players at Derby were very senior players and were only two years older than him. And when you see somebody like that come into that position, you kind of do you buy into what he says? I mean, you do for the sake of the club, but actually. You know, did they have the belief in him potentially not? And that's maybe why Derby didn't go with him as the as the permanent manager. They needed somebody fresh to come in. I think with Rossini, though, as as the head coach, it's quite strange that we've got a current City fullback legend as our interim manager, and we're bringing in Liam Rossini as the former fullback yeah. legend, Hull City man. But I think that when you look at um, the project that we've got under the new ownership, what a great face to kind of represent what the new owner wants us to be, this community-driven club that cares about the fans, wants to play good football. He's a great person to have at the top for that sort of stuff. He's, a, like I said, really intelligent, not going to say anything daft, going to be great with the fans, great with the media, great with the community around it. That's fantastic. He's obviously unproven when it comes to being a manager and making a team tick. He's going to have some big personalities in that team now that he's going to have to work with. But I think Liam's a very respectable guy he, he's somebody that you kind of respect instantly when he walks into a room he's somebody that I think that if the city players buy into it and I think that the owner will push them to he's somebody that can really do well um but I think it's it is it is difficult because same with Shotter he came in with very limited managerial experience when it comes to that sort of top level and Liam's the same but you almost you're desperate for him to do well. You're desperate for him as, as a City yeah. fan because you know how much of a sort of reliable player he was. You you hope that he's going to get the best out of his team. So the fans will back him a lot more than say a, say a Pedro Martins, I think, because they'll <laughs> give him a bit more respect from his previous tenure at City. I just hope he uses that time wisely and uh, and the team in, the team really get involved with what he has to say because I really do believe that he's he's very intelligent. He's got a good footballing brain and he can do well for us. Yeah. I, I agree. I think um, I think Ajahn's seen the last few results, especially the performances against uh, Rotherham and Blackpool. Just how good we've been compared to, because you know, he does watch the games. He'll have noticed that, and um, just how much better it's been. So I think this is sort of a a continuation thing. Um, I don't think bringing in Rossinia is going to change things up as much as Pedro Martins coming in. I mean, Rossinia is going to be very different. He's a club legend like Dawson. Um, he's going to have seen what Dawson's done and want to continue that rather than bring in a whole new system, which perhaps we don't need at this point. So, I mean, a lot of City fans have said, I've seen it on Twitter, that 
why aren't we just sticking with Dawson? I think in a way we are. He's still going to be a major part of the um, the managerial setup as a coach. So I think um, maybe they'll not exactly be uh, you know equals, but I think you'd be ludicrous as a club legend. You see, you know Dawson's done so well. You want you're not going to come in and change that completely. So I think it is a, a continuation. I don't know what how many coaching badges they have, but maybe. Rossini's got more or something, so he's, you know, and he has managed at, at Derby as well, which is a, a fairly decent club. And, uh, you know, I don't know how well he really did. Um, he, he's just been the manager of Derby at the very start of this season, right? Yeah, he was interim. He, he got he got basically put into the job and whilst Derby were looking for a permanent replacement. So he was there and the form was in and out. Um, because naturally, the players will not want to invest in a philosophy knowing that he's not going to be the permanent manager. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's simple. You yeah. Never, never do you, it's only when they're appointed as the permanent manager that I think you get a buy-in from the players. It's always the way. Um, and that never happened. So I think that there was always that thing at Derby where Liam wanted to play a certain style of football, but he wasn't able to implement that on a team because they didn't know his future. So why learn a new system when you're going to learn yeah. another one? Mm. But I think if he's got a permanent role, so much better for him as it is in his development, so much better for us, City. I agree with you, Nathaniel, that you get to a stage where you don't want to change too much, and I don't think he will change an awful lot, mm-hmm. but I still think he will he will have an imprint in his own style, and I think that he will understand yeah. that what what a winning system is. Um, so he'll recognise the pros and cons from what Dawson's done since he's come in uh, and look to improve that, and I think that he's somebody who is um, still learning as a manager, is going to be receptible to criticism, yeah, but he's somebody that I think the players will respect and they will and they will want to do well for him. If you can get a manager that you want to play for, you play such such better football. And I think he's a really good personality for that. Yeah, I think the main yeah. thing that I've got from Dawson's press conferences have been how um, he's talked about tactics and all that sort of stuff, but also that um, one major quote that the players need to be told with the sort of standards that they're expected to meet and that sort of things, you know, levels of determination, fight and that sort of thing. And uh, I think that's what Dawson's brought in and I think Rossini will do the same. As long as we've got that, these players do have quality. I mean, Serian, Tufan, players like that. I mean, at times this season, I've seen the flicks and tricks Tufan has done and thought, how is how have we been so lucky to get a player of his quality? And same with Pelkas at times, some of the... They're not makes he's done. So, you know, as long as they're they're working hard, like Ali are, um, he's been the prime example of a player that's come in and he's got the skill but also the you know, the uh the work rate. If, if these managers who've played for this club and care about the club can instill that, then I think we should do well because these players do have a whole lot more quality. We had the work rate last year, but you know, uh the disservice to these players um they weren't quite as good as the ones we've got now on, on paper you know eves has not played you know in top european leagues and you know two fans played for turkey however many times and smallwood's not done that you know so uh yeah if we can instill that work rate i think um you know we're gonna have a positive season so there are five games left until the world cup um i can't remember exactly all five of them but we've got Blackburn, Middlesbrough at home, and then Millwall. We end against Reading at home. I don't know who the um, other team is, but what do we expect? Is it, is it Watford? I don't know if it's Watford. Someone needs to fact 
fact check that. Um, here we I'm, go. I'm busy I've got talking. It here, so. oh, okay. Blackburn, Blackburn at home, Butter at home, Millwall away on the 5th of November, Tuesday night game against Cardiff um, uh, away, and then Reading, and then we're into the break. Yeah. yeah. So I think this is a, a major um, point in our season. You know, uh, we've got we've we've had a good five games, winning three of them. We've got these five games. Some of them are you know quite winnable. We've got three home games, which is important. Going to have a new manager, um, and then we've got a, a, a month break, and we'll have players back like um, Tete and Ali after that, and Sal- Salah and Fleming will be fully fit as well. So, where do we expect City to be after these five games? Because I think if we can repeat the run we've had, win another three, we'd be in a very strong position to push on next half of the season, which in a way, will feel like a different season almost. New manager, a lot of new players, and I'll have Troy Ray back soon after that in January. So do we think we can really push on after these five games, uh, Tom? Um, so w- one point I want to make is I think when uh, Adjun originally made the appointment of Shotter, I think um, we was all thinking, you know, that it was not a mistake, but was all thinking after McCann had beaten second and third in the league and he was sacked. And then brought in shot. I think now maybe Adrian's sort of led from that mistake, and he's he's taking his time to sort of find the right man yeah. instead of just sort of bringing someone in straight away. So I think that's why we have seen a lengthy process in finding the right man to come in and to sort of fits the philosophy that he wants to take this club forward with. He wants to play this exciting attacking football, and I think you know when you had Pedro Martins there demanding, probably demanding high wages. And demanding a certain philosophy, I think Adjun at the end of the Adjun earns the football club. And if it doesn't align with how he wants to see the club going forward, he's not going to get the job. So um, I think when I think this is the, the correct time to bring someone in. I mean, we're on the back of a good run, mm-hmm. um, especially someone like Rosinia. Um And then we've got five games before the international break. Well, before the World Cup, and then we've got the whole of the World Cup to sort of prepare for the return of, of football. So. I think if you get Rossini in, you know, after the Black Bang, I, I don't think he's going to be here before the Black Bang game, but maybe mm-hmm. before Middlesbrough, and then we've got four games there to sort of you know, try and sort of push up the table a bit. So I think I think if we was around twelfth going into the uh, World Cup, I'd be I'd be buzzing with that, um, because mm-hmm. the league's that wide open. If you put together a piece together a good run, you can go from 18 to 6th in the matter of five games. That, that's how yeah. close it is. So as long as we sort of continue with the sort of work ethic that we've done, um, you know, I'll, I'll, the, the quality players we've got now, like Seri, have sort of come into the fore now, putting in these great performances. I mean, uh, in the Rotherham game, I was so surprised at how you know, high up the pitch Seri was pre- you know, pushing forward, but he was like attacking space and he was sort of spreading it left and right and Rotherham couldn't really live with his quality. So I think if he can continue with that sort of good form and you know the other players coming into the fort you know Frey like Cynic you know um, you know even Tufan came off the bench and scored I think we've got the quality there to certainly push up this table I think the start of the season I said 11th position if we finish with that, that that's the question I've got if we finish with that at the end of the season would you be happy with both of you would, like, would you be happy with like 11th place I, I, I certainly would have well, finished what did you predict? I predicted that we'd finish 11th, so I'd be absolutely delighted. That would be two or three seasons in a row I'd get the right prediction because we all said we were going to walk the league in League One, 19th last year. So 11th, I'd be delighted. But of course, 
we are going to get promoted this season as well. So I, I'd rather I'd rather get promoted than be right. You know, I think that would be fairly solid, um, especially yeah. if we've got a manager that's a little bit more inexperienced and because of the bad start we've had. I mean, not getting relegated with the performances we've had is probably quite good. Yeah. So 11th would be fine. But yeah, I think I've been thinking if we can get a few good results, be top half by the World Cup, then that's a good platform to to push on second half of the year. Uh, year. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think often as fans, we, we kind of forget. You talk about the three wins in five. I mean, I'm sure you both watched the, the Huddersfield and the um, and the Birmingham game. We were poor. We were really poor. Some of, some of the stuff you kind of watched it. You just wanted to. I mean, you just Grim. Wanted to throw, yeah, you just wanted to throw up. Like you just you, like some of the stuff. Like I was just like, this is awful. Um, but then you know. It, it can work like that in football. You get you get a little bit of confidence, get a bit of running on. I think the reason why Seri looks so good against Rotherham is that confidence that he had because mm. they were just sitting back because they couldn't cope with us because we packed midfield so much. So he looked yeah. incredible because he just had that extra bit of room to work his magic. But I think when you come against the Blackburn side, you're going to find a, a team that are going to get in his face a lot more than, say, Rotherham did. And they're not going to allow him to have time on the ball and they're going to get in his face. And he's not going to be the sort of... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Just that kind of the pioneer Ever, of our team. Midfield, yeah, say, exactly. Like, yeah. He's not, he's not going to be that. I think um, just looking at the fixtures, I think that Blackburn's a massive, massive test for us. I think <laughs> that it might just be one too many. I think that we'd be really happy with a point. Mm-hmm. Middlesbrough are, are, are an absolute look of the draw result because Michael Carrick coming in, new manager syndrome. They're gonna, they're, their guys are gonna be wanting to play, and their squad is very good on paper. So they're gonna they're want to impress. Best. They've got Ryan Giles and that Isaiah Jones, and I, I thought at the start of the season they'd be up there. Yeah, just exactly. for the quality they've got. Like. Exactly, and Chris Wilder. You know, if, I think to be honest, I mean, he he had, he fell out with Steve Gibson within about five minutes of being there, so that's why he went. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, Millwall and Cardiff away. I'm going to Millwall away. That'll be a good laugh. Um, I'm in Dortmund that weekend. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. It's a tough decision, Dortmund or Millwall. Yeah. <laughs> I know where I'd rather be. I'm yeah. trying to convince my girlfriend to come to Millwall away with me. I don't think it's not going very well yeah. so far. I've been a few um, times. It's, it's a proper dive. It is, yeah. Dive. I actually went with um, with a Coventry fan of mine. Uh, it was it was one apiece. It was a poor game, but the place is a bit of a dive. But yeah, I think, to be honest, I actually agree with you both. I think if you go into the break and you look at those games and you think, you know, of a possible 15 points, if we can, I mean, if we can get seven seven points from a possible fifteen against those sides, I mean, that's that to me is great. It leaves us, well, how many points are we on now? It leaves us on twenty seven points, which would probably put us in and around tenth, eleventh place going into a World mm-hmm. Cup. And it's a season like no other, lads, because you got a month's break with all the players pretty much not playing internationally, mm-hmm. and if you're playing like we do, then these players are going to benefit from a rest. Yeah. They really yeah. are. So that that. From December onwards, it's anybody's league. If you can get off the back of December with a couple of good results, you can really, you can really go and, and get up that division. So I think that the next five games are important. Don't get me wrong, but I think that the five after the World Cup is the most crucial part of the season because it's that coming off a break. Who's going to? You could, you could get fifteen points there. And you could put yourself in the playoffs. You, you, your head's gone because great. your confidence is up, and you stick there and you maybe get into a playoff run. That's where I think we, we need to sort of focus on. But yeah, chuff with seven points if we can from the next five games. There's always that one team. I don't know if it's going to be us. There's always that one team that comes from nowhere 
and gets yeah. in the playoffs. Oh, please, please. Playoff. please, Forest please. last season. Yeah. yeah, Forest and then the Barnsley the season before, I think it was. Yeah, they got to the playoffs. Luton as well. Had a sword. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's quite a few examples. I mean, um, there's a lot of teams around us that you you know your Middlesbrough, your West Brom, you're thinking now oh, they're near the bottom, but with their new manager, ridiculous. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. West, West Brom. Brom yeah, that's what I mean. If if you get the right gaffer in there, you see them shooting up the league, um, and then Middlesbrough as well. The quality they've got, you see, you see them shooting up the league. So if you can, that's what we, we need to sort of piece together a good run of form and sort of you know if we like that. Like you say, if we was around twelfth going into the final, I don't know, six, six, ten to six games or something like that, I think a couple of points of the playoffs, you'd take that. Like, you, as long as, I mean, as long as you're in the mix, you know. I think the past few seasons, City have been quite blessed. I mean, we've been on, you know, won the title in League One, and then last season was sort of in a bit of a relegation battle. Obviously, managed to survive, but there's there's been stuff to play for going, you know, into yeah. towards the final games. So I think hopefully this season. Got playoffs to play for, but I'll have to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the hope, isn't it? That's the hope. I, I certainly think. Um, yeah, the next five to ten games, all those blocks of five, is going to be very important, and uh, looking forward to it. Um, I don't know whether I've got permission from the boss Ant to do this, but um, Matt, I, um, I don't know whether we're going to have you on again until the World Cup starts. So, going to ask you. Um, we're interrupting to Holland back to bring you to Qatar and back. Um, that's the official title. Um, two qu- two questions, but I'd rather you answer with with one answer. Um, how are England going to do at the World Cup, and who's going to win? Of course, the one answer. Yeah, that's I, the I best. Know. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to give you two because I think personally oh. we'll get through the group. We should get through the group, but our run, looking at it, is going to be a tricky one. I mean, in reality. You know, we were very blessed in the run-up to, to both the Euros and the World Cup in terms of who we played. Um, you know, coming up against um, in the World Cup, it was uh, Colombia and, and Sweden, and then knocked out by Croatia, the first respectable side who played. Um, and then when we got to the Euros, it was a, it was a similar theme uh, getting to the final. Um, obviously, played Germany in that as well, but you know, it was a it was a it was a good it was a good run for us. But you look at us getting out of that group, round of sixteen, I believe. Even round of 16 more quarterfinals, we're going to play at least one of Argentina or France. And looking at our squad, unfortunately, you look at the injuries that we've had to key positions. You look at Reese James, you look at Kyle Walker too. For me, if we're playing a five that both would start in an already shaky defence, um, naturally, there's a... Well, you, you, you think slightly negative about that. Um Unfortunately, the run has not been great. The Nations League performances haven't been fantastic. Um, you know the way that we, the way that we played um, in the last couple of games has been has been pretty poor, and people have been calling for Southgate not being able to unlock our attacking potential. And I think that a lot of those fans are right. Um, but with any tournament, you've got to put it with the caveat of you just don't know. Qatar, middle of winter, everyone always complained about how English players were whacked at the end of the year because we play. Mm-hmm. You know, 38 games and all our best players played in Europe. Some of them playing 70 games a season. So if you put it in the middle of a in the middle of a season when players have got full fitness, they're coming in sharp. You just you just do not know a new place. Um, so I'm actually I'm actually excited to see how we're going to get on more than I was in the previous Euros and the World Cup actually. 
Um, but my my footballing brain tells me that we'll get knocked out in the quarters. My heart is desperate to see Gaz there with his waistcoat on, lifting the trophy aloft. And I live with a um, my housemate's Brazilian, and he's he's banging on about how they're going to win the World Cup. Um, and if if I'm if I'm being honest, I think that they will win the World Cup. Yeah, the team's think, unbelievable. Um, I actually think they'll do it well as well. Yeah, I, I think they will. Yeah, but but again, sorry, no, I know, but. Uh, <laughs> you better be. I didn't even ask you, Tom. I was going to ask you in a few episodes' time. Yeah, no, I've uh, yeah, undermined. So yeah. if I if I if I do get the the fortunate pleasure of, of joining you both again at some point, and uh, I, I will not look forward to being right. To be honest, I don't want to be knocked out <laughs> in the quarterfinals, and I don't want Brazil to win. But if I am right, yeah. then yeah, so be it. But that's my prediction for the World Cup. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, Tom, if you, if you were feeling left out because I didn't ask you, um, how are Italy going to do? Let me just think. Oh, well, mm. not there. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. out for the um, out for the World Cup, lads. I don't know if you saw oh, that. Oh, yes, yes. That was, that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. And, of course, everyone fun. made the old immobile jokes, you know, because he's not immobile enough. now. Yeah. Not good enough. So, um, last little thing. Uh, quick school predictions for Blackburn. I'm going to go... Uh, 2-1 City win, because we can't keep a clean sheet, but we're on a good run and Blackburn are rubbish away from home. So what about you, Tom? I want to be positive, but I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. Well, that's fine. That's one, fine. One. Uh, that's, that's a positive acceptable. result, yeah. So I think 1-1 I think one, one would be a good result for us. Okay, cool. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the, the what is probably the end of the episode with... I've been, I've been fairly negative at City in some moments. I've tried to keep the balance right, but you know what? Screw it. Blackburn are not that great away from home, and I think that on a way, um, on a way form, and our home form, I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a two nil win because yes, we may not be able to keep clean sheets, but this is the change. So let's go two nil. I'm looking forward to five o'clock Saturday when the stuff is four nil. Let's see. Ah, lovely, lovely stuff. Okay, well, I think this has been a fun episode. I hope everyone listening at home has had a lovely time. I certainly have. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, probably Wednesday night next week to preview whoever we're playing next. Uh, Millwall. Millwall. Um, and talk about um, George Honeyman, the snake. And um, uh, we'll be back for another main episode probably Thursday night. So thanks everyone for listening in and we'll catch you next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talksport Fan Network. Talksport, powered by fans.